With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about Mitzvah Daf page twenty-three. We're in the middle of a discussion between Rabbah and Rava. We're talking about Simon Ha'asli Dares, a sign which ordinarily gets trampled upon. So Rabbah had said, if it ordinarily gets trampled upon, even if when you found the object, it had not been trampled upon and it still retained its distinguishing unique factor, nevertheless, it's not necessary to announce such an object because the owners will assume that it would have gotten trampled upon and it would have lost its sign, and therefore they've given up hope upon it. So you can keep it. According to Rava, however, since it has retained its sign, and sometimes it does not lose its sign, so even though ordinarily it does get trampled upon, you will have to announce it because the owners will not have given up hope upon it, since sometimes it doesn't lose its sign. Therefore, according to Rava, you cannot keep it. Tashima, the Gemara brings a proof as follows. Eight lines in. It says in the Mishnah that if you find baker's bread, so you're permitted to keep it. Hashabalabai's indication here is that if it would be baked by a private party, not by a mass producer of bread, you would have an obligation to announce it, meaning you couldn't keep it. What's the reason why? If it's a bread that was baked by a private person as opposed to one that was mass produced, so one would indeed have to return such an object. Since it has a sign, a distinguishing factor, the main idea because everybody knows that this type of bread is only made by this homeowner. He has his own distinct style. And the indication here is it doesn't matter where you found it. If you found it in a public domain or a private domain, you're going to have to return it. You're going to take it and you're going to announce it. We can deduce that if you have a sign which is going to get trampled, right, this is in the public domain, nevertheless it's still considered a good sign if it hasn't been trampled. So this would seem to disprove what Rabbi said. So Rabbi can explain to as follows. The reason is, in the case of the bread, it's not going to get trampled at all. It's always going to have its sign. And the reason is, because there's a halacha, there's a law, that we're not allowed to pass by bread that we found on the floor without picking it up. So it's never going to get trampled. And therefore, the original owners will not give up hope because they know that they have a sign, they have their own special way of baking their bread. The Gemara says, wait a second, there are non-Jews, and the non-Jews don't have this law requiring them to pick up the bread. Therefore, they might trample on the bread even. So therefore, a person would be afraid that his, his simon, his son, is going to get trampled. The Gemara answers, no. There's a different reason why non-Jews don't trample on bread. And the reason is because in those days, so they had magicians who would actually bewitch the bread, creating a curse on whoever would stamp upon it. So therefore, the non-Jews also are going to be scared of that, and they're not going to trample upon the bread, and therefore, the son is not going to get lost. The Gemara says, hold on a second, there are animals, there are dogs, they're going to walk along there, they're going to trample on the bread, he's going to lose his sign. Therefore, I'll give up hope. The says, no. We're talking about a place where it's not so common for animals and dogs to be walking through the public area where this was found. And therefore, the owner's not going to give up hope because they're going to assume that their sign will remain intact. The Gemara says, let us say that this argument between the sages of the Gemara is actually an argument that predated them between the sages of the Mishnah. And it's important to understand that whenever we have this type of phrase, let us say that it's like such an argument, so it's a problem for it to be the same exact argument, because if this argument was already argued before, so the later sages, the sages of the Gemara, they should say, I hold like this one who said it previously, and the other one should say, I hold like this one who said it previously. So if they're not saying like that, so clearly there's some difference between their argument and the argument of the sages that predated them. So the Gemara is going to start off by saying, that it seems to be the same type of argument, and the Gemara is going to explain why it's not exactly the same argument. So the Gemara brings the argument in our Mishnah as follows. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Kol Anything that has something unusual in it, there's an obligation to announce it. You can't keep it. Kate said, what's the case? That's how you find a cake of pressed figs, and within it there's a shard of earthenware. Or let's say you find a, a loaf of bread, and inside of it there's a coin. So in both of these cases, according to Rabbi Yehuda, there will be an obligation to announce it. We have to assume that it was intentionally placed there, even though theoretically it could have fallen there on its own.
Michlal, from the fact that we see that Rabbi Yehuda says this all alone, we can deduce the Tana Kamasavar that the first Tana, the sages, they'll hold like this, Hare Ilushalai. That in such a case, if you found such a thing with a shard of earthenware inside of it, or a coin inside of it, so it would be permitted to keep it. You would not have to announce it. Savrua de Kuleyama. So now, what is the argument here? So the Gemara posits as follows. Everyone agrees, that if you have an unusual type of sign like this, where it could have come on its own, but it could also have come because someone placed it there in order to make something recognizable for himself, it's considered a proper sign. You assume that in fact the person placed it there intentionally, and you assume that he knows about it. And everyone in the Mishnah holds that if you see a piece of bread or a piece of food, you do not have to pick it up. And therefore, it could theoretically get trampled. My love, perhaps the argument is as follows. That they're arguing about whether or not if something is going to get trampled, whether or not if it's still retained the sign, you're going to have to announce it. One holds, meaning the Tanakama, who says that you do not have to announce it, he holds that in such a case, the owner, the original owner, he assumes that it got trampled and therefore he gives up hope on it. He doesn't think that he's still going to have his distinguishing factor. And Rabbi Hudu says that you have an obligation to announce it, it's because since it retained its sign, therefore, since there is that possibility and he's aware of it, and indeed that's what happened, you have to assume that the person has not given up hope and you do have to announce it. And then that would be the exact same argument as we have between Rabbi and Rava. Amr Rav Zvid, Mishmed Rav Zvid, so Rav Zvid says the name of Rav If it would be true that the Tanakama holds that in fact the reason why you don't announce it is exclusively because the person gives up hope because he assumes it's going to get trampled and in fact the reason is because people are going to trample on it because they pass by food without picking it up We have a different case that the Tanakama holds that where a loaf of bread is found it's not a mass produced loaf of bread rather it's a privately produced one so there's an obligation to announce it. Ahmai Makris, why do you announce it if it was in the public domain? According to what we're saying, in the public domain it's going to get trampled and it's not going to have a recognizable sign. The person's going to give up hope on it. So why would you have to announce it in this case? So rather, Zviz says the name of Rav is false. The Kuliyam, everyone agrees, Savri, Simen Lidaris Habisimen. If you have a sign that ordinarily gets destroyed, usually gets trampled upon, it's still considered a sign as long as it has not been trampled upon. And the Mishnah holds that you can pass over, but you don't have to pick it up. The argument here has to do with whether or not this type of sign that theoretically could have come on its own, whether or not that's considered a proper sign. The Tanakhama Savar, the first Tanakhama holds that you do not have to announce it, he holds as follows. If it comes on its own, you don't assume that the guy placed it there if theoretically a shard of earthenware could have fallen in or a coin could have fallen into what you were baking. So we assume that the guy did not put it there intentionally. And therefore you don't have to announce it according to the Tanakhama. Rabbi Yehuda says you do have to announce it. You know why? Havi Simon. He holds that it is considered a sign because we assume that it was placed there intentionally. And Rabbi is going to explain as follows. This is the argument. Remember, Rabbi argues and says that everyone would hold that if you have something which ordinarily gets trampled upon, it's not considered a sign. And over here, the reason that we can talk about it being a sign or not is because over here, you're not allowed to pass over food. You have to pick it up. And therefore, it's not going to get trampled. And the argument here has to do again with whether or not a sign that comes on its own or theoretically could come on its own whether or not it's considered a significant sign. Tanakama Savar Lo Yavisimen. The Tanakama who says that you are allowed to keep it is because he holds that it's not considered a proper sign. Rabbi Yehuda Savar Havisimen. And Rabbi Yehuda holds that in fact it is considered a proper sign because we assume that the guy actually places it there and we don't assume that it came on its own. Ikad Amri. We have an alternate version of what we thought that we had two parallel arguments between Amoraim and Tanam, between the sages of the Gemara and the sages of the Mishnah. 
In this version, instead of the issue being whether or not simon ha'asili daris, a son is ordinarily going to get trampled upon, whether or not that's considered, if there is a sign still, that one would have to announce it, rather in this version, so the issue has to do with, we have this argument between Rava and Rava, whether or not one is permitted to pass by food without picking it up. So we're saying like this, Savru the Kuleyama, we could explain the mission that everyone agrees, simon ha'asili daris, havi simon, that if it's a sign that comes on its own, it's considered a sign. And a sign that ordinarily gets trampled upon is not considered a sign. My love, perhaps, that the argument has to do with whether or not it's permitted to pass by food without picking it up. The the Tanakhama says that you're permitted to keep such a thing is because he holds that you're allowed to pass by and therefore people will trample upon it in the simon, the sign will be lost. And the reason that Rabbi Huda holds that in the case of a piece of bread that has a coin inside of it, that you have to announce it is because people do not pass by this thing. There's an obligation to pick it up and therefore will not get trampled. If it would be true that the Tanakama, the first age of the Mishnah holds, that a sign that ordinarily gets trampled upon is not considered a sign, and is permitted to pass by something which is food without picking it up. Why did the sages say that if you find a loaf that was clearly made by a private party and you find it in a public domain, why do you have to announce it? It too will certainly get trampled upon. Everyone agrees, Sabri, they hold, that a sign that gets trampled upon is nevertheless still considered a sign. You will have to announce it. And one is permitted to pass by food without picking it up. And according to Rav, the argument again has to do with whether or not a sign that comes on its own, whether or not that's considered a sign. The Tanakhama says you don't have to announce it because we assume that it came on its own and the guy did not place it there. It's not considered a proper sign. And Rav Yehuda holds that you will announce it because we do assume that the person actually intentionally placed it there and that it didn't come on its own. Everyone holds that a sign that's ordinarily trampled upon is not considered a sign. And it's not permitted to pass by food without picking it up, so it's not going to get trampled. Again, the argument will have to do with whether or not a sign that comes on its own, whether or not that's considered a proper sign. The Tanakhama says you don't have to announce it. They hold that a sign that could theoretically come on its own, you don't assume that it was placed there intentionally, and therefore you don't have to announce it. And maybe who holds again, Havi Simon, that it is considered a sign because you do assume that it was placed there intentionally. Rav said another statement in the name of Rava, the general rule when it comes to a lost object, came in the Amar Vela Lechisar Kis, at the point in time when a person who's lost something says, it's horrible to lose money, so it's clear that he's given up hope of receiving his thing back, because he said he's lost the money. Another statement that Rav said in the name of Rava, is, the law is, if you have bundles in the public domain, it's permitted to keep them by the person who has found them. But if they're found in a private place, if it's clear that it fell there, so then a person is allowed to keep it because the person doesn't know that he even lost it in that place. But if it was placed there, obviously, in an intentional way, so then the halacha is, one should pick it up and he should announce it because the person will know exactly where he lost it. In both cases, we're talking about a case where there's no sign upon it. But if it does have a sign, it doesn't matter whether we're talking about a public domain or a private domain, whether it fell there, whether it was placed there, in any event, you are going to have to announce it since it has a sign and a distinguishing factor that the person can claim his object with.
We turn to the Dabchav, Gimel Amin Beis, page 23b. Umachar uses Shodagim, we said in the Mishnah, that if someone finds a string of fish, there's no obligation to return it. The Gemara says, Amai, why? Lihavi Kesher Simen. Why don't we say that the knot itself, that's binding the string together, that should be a sign, because there are different types of knots. The Gemara answers, We're talking about a fisherman's knot. It's a standard knot that all people or all fishermen's use as their knot. And therefore, it's not going to be a sign. The Gemara says, Why isn't the number of fish going to be a proper sign? Why can't he prove it based on how many fish there are on the string? The Gemara answers, We're talking about a case where it's a standard number of fish that are on the string. The fishermen have a standard number of fish that they string up on a string, and this coincides with that number, and therefore, it's not going to be a sign. Bomi named Rav Sheishes, they asked the following question of Rav Sheishes, Minyan have simen, oilei have simen? Is number a sign, or is number not considered a sign? I wonder who Rav Sheishes, so Rav Sheishes responded as follows, Tenisua, we learned it as follows, If somebody finds a vessel made out of silver, or a vessel made out of bronze, Kisren shall aver, pieces of lead, we call clay matchois, or any vessel that's made out of metal, so you don't return it until the person gives you a sign or until he knows exactly how much it weighs. From the fact that we see in this b'risa that weight is considered a sign, so the measurements of the object or the number of objects that were lost will also be considered a sign. The Gemara continues, like we said in the Mishnah, if somebody finds pieces of meat, it's not necessary to return them. The Gemara says, why? Why isn't the weight itself going to be a sign? The Gemara answers, This piece of meat was cut so that it has the standard weight, whatever the standard weight may be, a kilogram, whatever it is. The Gemara says, Why don't we say that the piece of that meat should itself be a sign? Meaning from which part of the animal it's from? Maybe it's from the neck or from the thigh. Milotani, don't we have a bright that would seem to indicate this way? If you find pieces of fish, or a fish that had a bite taken out of it, there's an obligation to announce it. So each of these things is a sign. And the Gemara at this point believes that the reason that you're returning this fish is because it's either the top of the fish, the head, or the tail of the fish, but it depends which section of the fish it is, and that's going to be enough of a sign. And the Bryce continues, barrels of wine or barrels of oil, or produce, or dates, or olives, they're able to be kept by the person who has found them because there's no proper sign. So why don't we say in regards to a piece of meat as well that the part of the animal that it's from should be a sign as well? The Gemara answers, You know what the case is talking about over here with this fish, why you have to announce it? Not because of which part of the fish it's from, but the Ikisimana Bepiska. It's talking about a case where it was cut in a very special way, and that itself is going to be the sign. Huna, like the story of Rabbi Baravuna, what he used to do is he would cut a fish into three corners. He would make it into a triangle. So it was a unique way of cutting it, so anyone would find it would know it was his. Dekonami, we can deduce actually from the words themselves, from the fact that it puts the two cases together. The case of a fish and the case where the fish had had a bite taken out of it so that shows Shmamina this proves that the case of the fish is not just talking about any fish but it's talking about a case where it has a special sign just like a fish that has a bite taken out of it and the sign is that it was cut in a certain way but the actual piece or part of the fish would not itself be a sign and therefore in regards to a piece of meat as well the part of the animal that it came from will also not be a sign 
we said, If you find barrels of wine, oil, wheat, dates, and olives, so you're allowed to keep them. There's no distinguishing factor about these things. The one says, hold on a second, but tonight we have a mission that says, If you find jugs of wine or jugs of oil, you do have an obligation to announce them, because they do have a distinguishing factor. The mission that says that you have to announce them, is talking about a case where it's been sealed. What does that mean? So Rashi explains that what they used to do is you would have wholesalers who in their houses, they would have barrels of wine that were sitting and waiting to be sold when it came time for the retailers to buy them. Now, what would happen? So when the retailers would come to each wholesaler, so they would open up the barrels, and then they would smell to make sure that everything was okay with the wine, they would taste it maybe, and then they would close it back up, and they would seal it with cement. So each different person had their own type of seal, that's what Tosu says, and therefore, the seal would be something that a person could bring as a sign to prove that it's his. Now the Gemara says, hold on a second, we can deduce the brice of a pasuach, that the brice where it says that you don't have to announce it, it's talking about a case where the barrel is open and it's not cemented, closed at all, there's no seal at all. If it's talking about such a case, there's no novelty to tell us that you can keep it. Of course you can keep it. If somebody leaves their barrel open, leaves it out somewhere, he's obviously throwing it out. Of course you can take it. That's not a chedesh, that's not a novelty. The Gemara says, Rav Hoshia says, We're talking about a case where it wasn't sealed shut, but that doesn't mean it wasn't covered. It was covered, but it just wasn't sealed. So if it's covered, so then it's going to protect it from any bugs or any snakes coming and taking from the wine or ruining the wine. But the fact that it doesn't have a proper seal means that it's not going to have any proper sign for the person who's coming to claim it to be able to claim it with. Abayi says a different explanation. We could even say that both the Mishnah and the Bryce are talking about a case where it's sealed. And it's not a problem that in one place we have to announce it, in one place we don't have to announce it. Depends if we're talking about where the wholesalers started selling to the retailers or not. If it's before the wholesalers started t- selling to the retailers, so if anyone has a sealed barrel, so that's something that's unusual because they don't usually seal it until after they opened it and they reseal it again with cement. So if you find such a barrel, it's going to be something unusual that the person is going to be able to bring as a sign to prove that it's his. But if we're talking about a case where the wholesalers are already selling to all the retailers, so what happens? Let's say you have a wholesaler who has a certain type of way that he closes up, he seals his barrels. So, But now he's sold to five different stores. So now that you've found a barrel that has a certain type of seal, that doesn't prove that it actually goes back to the original wholesaler. It could be any one of the different retailers. It's too common now for somebody to be able to prove that it's going to be his. And this is similar to a story that happened with Rabbi Yaakov Ba'ava. He found a barrel of wine after the retailers had all started buying from the wholesalers. So he came in front of Abaya Amarlei, so he told him, that you're allowed to just take it for yourself. And the reason is, as we said, because once the wholesalers have already started selling to the retailers, so the fact that it has a certain type of seal, it's not going to be a proof that this person indeed owns this thing if he brings it as a sign. Is the place where an object was found considered a sign, or is it not going to be considered a sign for someone to be able to claim his object? So he responded to Nisua. I can bring you a proof from the following Bryce. If you find barrels of wine, oil, wheat, dates, or olives, the person is allowed to keep them. If it be true that the place where it was found would be considered a sign, let him say, let him announce, I found something in a certain place, in a specific place. And then the person who's lost his object in that place can come and claim and say, I lost my barrel of wine, whatever it is. So from the fact that we see that you don't have to announce, you can keep it, clearly the place where it was lost or found is not considered a proper sign. 
So Rav Zvid says, it's not a good proof. You know why in this case, the place where it was found is not considered a son? You know what we're talking about? It was found on the edge of a river. And Rashi explains that we're talking about a case where there's a dock where boats come in, and the people who are on the boats, they unload their barrels, let's say, of wine or oil or whatever it is. And then sometimes as they're taking them away one by one, they forget that they left one there. And that's what was found. So why is this not considered that the place is going to be a sign? Amr of Mari, my time of Amr of Abban and the Nara, the Simon. Ramari says, what's the reason why the sages said that if it's on the edge of a river, it's not considered a sign? The Amrinale, because we say to the person who claims it, just like it happened to you, it could have happened to your friend as well. Meaning, this is something that's rather common, that someone could leave a barrel on the edge of the river, and just like it happened to this guy, it could just as easily have happened to this guy. And therefore, it's not a proof. Even though he says, I know where I lost my thing, it could be that's not his, it could be someone else's. And therefore, it's permitted for the person who's found it to take it. Igedamri, there's an alternate version. Amr of Mari. Rav Mari says something slightly different. My time on Rabban, and why is it that the sage says, Makam Lehavi Simon, that a place where an object is found is not considered a proper sign? The Amrinan Lay is because here we say, that just like you think that you lost your thing here, it could be that someone else also lost his thing here. So therefore, it's not a proper proof that this is your object until you actually bring proof from the object itself, some sign that exists on the object that's distinguishing about it as opposed to other objects. There was a certain person, the Ashka Kufr Bimatsarta, who found a barrel of tar outside of the winery. Also, the Kameh Ravi comes in front of Rav, Amar Le, and Rav says to him, Zul Shkol Lenafshach. You can take it for yourself. He saw, meaning Rav saw that the person who he had told him this psak, this halacha to, he wasn't comfortable with it. He didn't feel comfortable with keeping this thing. So Rav says to him, If you want to, you can give it to my son Chia. It's like giving tzedakah, I guess, giving charity. Would this imply that Rav holds that the place where it was found is not considered a significant sign from the fact that he didn't tell him to announce it? It was found in a certain place. Rabbi Abba says, Actually, the reason that Rav allowed him to keep it was because it was clear that the owners had originally given up hope. Because he saw it was covered with moss. It was clear that it had been left there for a significant amount of time. And therefore, he assumed that the owners had given up hope. That's why he said it was permitted to keep it. The Gemara continues with the quote at the end of the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon Lazar Amir Vachule, Rabbi Shimon Lazar had said that if you have a Kli Ampuria, we're going to see what this is exactly, but if you have a Kli Ampuria that's found, you do not have to return it. My Ampuria, what's Ampuria? Amar Behuda, Amar Shmuel, Rabbi Yehuda said in the Mishmuel, Kelim Chadashim Shalai Savasan Ha'ayin. They're brand new vessels that the person who had owned them did not have a chance to get used to the way they looked. Hey, Chidami, the Gemara says, what's the case precisely? If there's a sign upon them, Kelai Savasan Ha'ayin Mahavi, who cares if he hasn't gotten used to it? He knows what this sign is. And if there's no sign, what does it help you if he's gotten used to seeing it? He still can't prove anything if he doesn't have a proper sign. Really, I'll tell you, we're talking about a case where there is no sign. And the difference will be that if you want to be able to return it to a sage, someone who's a Torah scholar, so it's permitted to return it to him if he says that he recognizes that it's his. If it's something that had an opportunity for him to get used to the way it looks, even though it doesn't have a specific sign, so we trust the sage, a Torah scholar, and we return it to him. But if it hasn't had a chance, it's too brand new for him to have gotten used to the way it looks, like Kim we don't trust him, we're not going to even return it to a Torah sage. There are three different things that the sages are permitted to actually say a white lie. 
In regards to how much Torah they know, in order to be humble is permitted to say that he knows less than he actually knows. In regards to his bed, a Puriya is a bed, Rashi explains that if someone is asked by someone else whether or not he had relations with his wife the previous night, so it's permitted for him to say that he did not, even though he did, and it's not considered lying. The third thing was in regards to guests. If somebody asks him, you know, can I get a good meal at Bob's house? Do they have a lot of good food there? So it's permitted to lie and say that they don't make such good food there in order that he shouldn't be inundated with too many guests. Now, my nafkamina, what's the difference? Who cares about this? Omar Marzutra. Marzutra says, We need to know these three things in order to be able to return a lost object to him if he says that he recognizes it. If we know that the only time that he ever says a white lie is only in regards to these three things, then it's permitted to return it to him. We trust him when he says that this is his. But if he also says white lies in regards to other things, so then it's not permitted to return it to him even if he says that he recognizes that it's his.